Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today... We are going to be talking about one of Omaha's newest and, in my opinion, most unique, exciting restaurant concepts. The only problem is I'm not exactly sure how to sum this place up in one sentence because you've got authentic Artinian empanadas. You've got like artisanal toast. You've got the best veggie burger that I've had in Omaha. It's like we're grabbing all these awesome things from all over. But the good news is I don't have to explain the restaurant because I have the owners here today. I've got McKenna and Gaston Medrano. Guys, welcome so much to the show. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. So let, let's start right there. If you are introducing, well, first of all, I should say where you guys are. Uh, Soulful Cafe is one of the newest vendors inside the Interrail Food Hall. Uh, so go in there. There's all kinds of great concepts, but this is one that you definitely need to check out. If somebody does come in for the first time, or, or you're talking to somebody and you're trying to describe your concept. How do you describe Soulful to them for the first time? Yeah, that's something that has kind of been a work in prog, or yeah, work in progress because there are so many things that I'd like to say, and it's trying to figure out how to narrow it down. But pretty much, it is focused on sourcing local food and just using fresh ingredients, keeping it simple and being super mindful about how we, I guess, how we cook the food and where we get it from and just making sure that everything tastes really good. Do you have anything to add? No, I I call it um, honest, unpretentious, good food. And, And how do you beat that? (laughs) <laughs> Usually, if someone asks me to like to sum it up in one sentence, I just say, "Just go there. Yeah, just, yeah, just you go. Just have to experience yeah, it. just go. Order a couple of things, and once you taste like that authenticity and that honesty in it, and like those are kind of buzzwords that can get thrown around with food, mm-hmm. but I it like when you taste it, you know, and I think you can taste it in you guys' food, and and so much of that comes from your experience, uh, Gaston. I mean, you've been in the restaurant industry, you've been a chef for over 30 years. So I, I kind of want to start with the the empanada side of the menu. What is it about the Argentinian empanada? There are so many different, you know, empanadas, uh, you know, wontons, the different wrapped things. What is it about the Ar- Argentinian empanada that makes it unique and special to you? Well, I think that like any food, uh, it's not the empanada that is special, it's how you make the particular empanada. Right. So there are so many styles through in Argentina. Let's talk about Argentina. Through the country, there are so many different ones. And ours are from Jujuy, that is the north of Argentina. That empanada there is like hamburgers here, you know. You have them everywhere and everybody eats empanadas at least twice a week, three times a week. But not every empanada there is good also so it's not the empanada itself that is good it's this empanada is very good (laughs) (laughs) i would agree with that and your version is baked not fried it can be fried too it can be fried too why why do you choose to bake them Um, usually we have the choice like in other restaurants that we've had but here we cannot have uh, like grease vapors so 
we cannot fry anything. Uh, actually, we cannot have even a, a flame, open flame, in our space. So we we're do, cooking we, with no flame. <laughs> Holy cow! And you we guys make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that makes it even more impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are impressed. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can get down with a fried empanada. Don't get me wrong. Get that nice crispy exterior, but mm -hmm. yours reminds me more of like, I mean, it's like combining meat or and cheese with like a freshly baked loaf of bread i mean it is right. just that perfect it's got like the it's soft and doughy kind of on the inside but it's kind of got that little bit of a crispy exterior mm -hmm. from the baking that texture is just perfect so fried empanadas are great but i think your version is excellent as well i think fried food is like easier to you know to make it good you can fry anything. Oh, sure. I yeah. would say you can fry a shoe. And <laughs> but the baked empanada is a challenge to be juicy. It's, it's baked and you bite into it and it, all these juices come from it. How, how do you keep the juice inside? You know, And that was the challenge for many, many years. That's what we wanted to, to achieve. Mm -hmm. And this is an empanada that my father was a... a an aficionado of cooking. No? He loved to cook. He wasn't a chef, but he loved to cook. He loved to cook. It was a passion for him. And the empanada was a challenge. So for years, when I was a kid, he was like looking for the perfect empanada. Oh, let's go eat at this place, this empanada. We go and try it. And, and always looking for the perfect empanada. And the secret, and they told me to do it like this. And finally, he... He achieved like a, this very, very good empanada. And my last restaurant in California, I didn't tell him that I was opening a restaurant and I surprised him. So he came, I picked him up at the airport, we went straight to a restaurant. And so we get there and he said, where is this? It's our restaurant. <laughs> so he walked in and I gave him an empanada to try. So we are prepping and he He's talking to my cooks, and he's like, well, you guys owe me money for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> he wants royalties. <laughs> so he gets the empanada, eats it, and gets his surprise face, and he's like, oh, I think I, owe, I will owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, we, I'm super proud of what we achieved. And about the cheese, you know why I sent, like the other day I sent you one, like I forced you into one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick quick backstory for everyone who's listening here. I came into the inner rail last week and ordered stuff from Zaytuna. I ordered a little bit from you guys. I was like, okay, I'm going to have a big meal. But then he, Gaston <laughs> sent out a cheese empanada as well, and I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm on the elliptical for like three hours today. But anyway, continue your story. Yeah, you resisted a little bit. First, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I want to send it anyway. Yes, and I, and I appreciate that now, but go ahead. Because I know that... Uh, it's so simple. It's a cheese empanada. It's dough with cheese inside. Uh, cheese. Just try it, you know. And people get surprised, like, what is in it? You know. It so catches that, a lot of people off guard. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it is like, it. It's like the cheese just like erupts. You just get this, mm. and, and because you're cooking them all like so warm and to order, like. You, it's not like that cheese is sat and congealed or anything. Like I've had empanadas like that where it's just like, okay, I'm biting into some rubbery cheese. Mm -hmm. Awesome. This is like the cheese is alive. <laughs> and it is just like this rush of warm dairy. I mean, I, I loved everything I ate that day, but that was the best bite because it was just, oh. Yeah, it happened before that I do that. I, do, I say, can I send you cheese empanada? Oh, we're full. I said, make yeah. a little more room. Yeah, I sent it. Even if they say no, I sent it anyway. And then they're like, this is really, really special. So <laughs> how meaningful is it for you to be able to share empanadas and specifically your style of empanada with the people of Omaha? Because a diner like myself, there's nowhere else in Omaha that I'm getting that. So you are probably, you know, you're my introduction to Argentinian empanadas. I don't know if I would ever have that anywhere else. Like, Correct. That, that's a special thing. Like, what, what is that feeling like for you that this whole city of people is getting to experience something that's so special to you because of you? 
Well, I've been coming to Omaha for 30 years, approximately, mm -hmm. uh, because of her mom, McKenna's mom, that grew up here. So we'll come and visit family. And I love the scene, the old market area and the restaurants. And I was like, mm, I would love to cook for these people here because I knew that they didn't know, they, they haven't been exposed to our kind of food. So I always wanted to have <laughs> a food place in Omaha. Always have that kind of fantasy dream. Uh, one day I would love to do it. And the opportunity came. And now it's happening. Yeah. And we are definitely going to get more into your background, both your background and the background of the restaurant. But McKenna, we got to hit on the other side. I don't know if I should call it the other side of the menu. I don't know if that, the, like the menu isn't two separate things, but uh -huh. the more like health focused, I would say, portion of the menu. So you guys, you offer several different salads, some artisanal toasts, and the hippie burger, mm -hmm. which we absolutely will be talking about more <laughs> in a minute. But what, what makes you passionate about like that style of cooking, about you know using sustainable ingredients and just promoting a little bit more of a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, people have come and asked, and one of the main questions I get is they're like, this is so incredible. incredible. Is this how you eat at home? And I guess... That's kind of, it's true. It's just, that's how we eat. It's how we live. So it was something that I wanted to share with people. And I guess I have my background in school. I studied sustainable food production and really dove into food studies. But it goes like so deep just back into my childhood and how I was raised eating and just always appreciating food and I love traveling and trying different foods. And so I guess this opportunity came sort of out of left field. I wasn't really looking for it. I'm a service industry professional. I guess I've been a server bartender for the last 11 years. And I kind of started telling myself in my head, you know, if I stay in this industry, I'm going to be working for myself and I'm going to be doing something myself. And I was just kind of getting tired and run down and kind of started focusing on my own health also and diving into that. And I started a health coaching certification as well. And it was kind of through that, that this kind of started to take form a little bit more because I started to learn more about food and ingredients and what work together. And so I guess Soulful was kind of born. Soulful started as a juice bar concept, which is really interesting. Wow. And so when we were thinking about going into the space we were going into, I went into the space. Mind you, we're in a 200-square-foot box. So it's, <laughs> and it's literally a box with a, a glass panel and two walls. So I walked in, and I thought, the amount of produce we're going to need in this space is not conducive for a juice bar. And so I started thinking, how do I change what do I usually make at home to that I know tastes good? So that was kind of like the hippie burger was a recipe I tried out, I want to say, four years ago. I was living in Washington State going to the Evergreen State College. And my roommate and I just made these veggie patties and they were incredible. And I brought them to the restaurant that I was working at at the time. I was like, you guys, you have to try this. And... They ended up putting it on the menu. It was so good. And so I was like, okay, I have something here. And it's funny because the hippie burger almost didn't make it onto the final menu. At Soulful? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Last minute, I was like, my mom was like, you're crazy. You have to bring it back. And I kind of had this thing where first it was called the beet burger. And I was getting some feedback and people were like, I don't know about a beet burger, you know, there's, it's not too sexy, I guess. Yeah, beet, beet is not, I actually love beets and cook uh -huh. well beets are beautiful. It is not an attractive ingredient when you see it on a menu usually, especially to the common palate. They're going to see beet and be like, yeah, I don't know. No. Hippie burger is a little bit more like, what's that? Exactly. Yeah, that's how I was like, I need to make it more approachable. So, but I guess going back, I just, I love food. I respect food. I honor food. I've worked on farms. I've worked for small farms. And so I just know how much love and care goes into growing produce. And it kind of translates into the flavor because it's when I go out to restaurants, I can almost taste the plastic bag that spring mix came out of. 
And so for me, I, I almost refused to order from Cisco, kind of to our own demise. <laughs> I just, I can't do it because you lose the quality. And I think that's something that people don't understand where they're like, it's so simple. How do you make it taste so good? But it's like, it comes from the ingredients and like the soil that the plants are grown in. And kind of that was working on these small farms. I realized it was so beautiful to watch these plants grow into nutritious food. And so it's really beautiful that I get to kind of carry that knowledge over and, and I'm able to share that. And there's so many great local farmers in Omaha that are just like more than willing to just one day, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, I need more asparagus and they'll bring it over that day. And so it's really nice. Well, I think that's what really sets your food apart mm -hmm. from most other healthy, you know, menu options is like the toasts mm -hmm. that that's that's like that's a food trend right now you you can go to a lot of restaurants especially breakfast restaurants pretty much everybody's gonna have an avocado toast it's a piece of i almost didn't put that on the menu also <laughs> i know but but i mean at most restaurants it's just a piece of wheat toast with mm -hmm. some uh, some i don't even know if it's avocado like it's probably avocado at some point but mm -hmm. whatever there's some tomatoes thrown on it maybe I, I don't even know what else they put on but like when you come to Soulful, like the shroom toast is something that has stuck in my mind since I had it because those mushrooms, you had a, a couple different types of roasted mushrooms on there. Mm -hmm. And just the flavor of those is so pronounced in a way. And this isn't anything against the grocery store, anything against hy V, But like if I go and buy mushrooms from there versus what I had on that toast, it's like not even, I mean, it's like comparing the moon and the sun. They're yeah. completely different things. So I think it's your commitment to using those local products yeah. is what really makes your food stand out and kind of sets it apart. Yeah. Shout out to Flavor Country Farms because oh, they have I love the Kevin. best. Yeah. And they have the best mushrooms. And that's anytime someone orders that toast, he'll grab and run and grab the box of mushrooms and be like, look at these. These are the <laughs> mushrooms you're eating. And it's so funny, but it's true. And that's another thing I think is that like we cook the mushrooms to order. So we're putting them, we're roasting in the oven to order. The avocado, we're mashing it to order also. I'm not going to mash a big batch of because it. It changes, the taste changes in, you know, 10 minutes. It's going to be a different thing. So, yeah, it's yeah, just kind we, of that focus. We are kind of uh, maniacs in that way. <laughs> uh, it's not very practical, but we prep, like, constant through the service time, you know. Uh, Dad, I need more greens. And I go, and <laughs> I need more. And, uh, right in the moment, you know. But that's um, been some of the best food experiences. Have you ever been to Fav yet? Yes. Yes, I have. So only once I need to go back. The first time we went there, we walked in and we were kind of like, okay, where out. are we? <laughs> we, almost, we almost walked out because we were kind of just, we're the only ones in there. We're kind of just a little hesitant, but we ordered a bunch of food. And almost before we went, we were looking at reviews and we were like, oh my God, what have we done? We almost left and we, we stuck it out, we sat, and we were so incredibly surprised by how delicious the meal was. But I was paying attention to the man cooking the food, and I saw him get a whole head of broccoli, chop it right there. He was just, like, chopping fresh to order. And that's – it's really Big where the difference yeah. comes from. So can you guys pull back the curtain a little bit? Because I think most listeners, like, they don't understand, like, what the difference in making food to order versus – prepping all this stuff usually in the morning before mm -hmm. service what what's the difference between those things both in the difficulty the di why did i pronounce it like that <laughs> difficulty for you guys in, in like doing that to order but also i guess we've kind of talked about this what it does to the final product and how it enhances that flavor i will say that to me any vegetable that you cut and put in the fridge mm -hmm. at some point will have refrigerated or taste you know yeah it dries out it, it gets it picks on other flavors and it's, it's it loses also you know some herbs that if you uh, chop them and use them right away the, the oils in the herbs you know the, the essential oils you keep a lot more in there you know and it doesn't pick other flavors 
from wherever it is. <laughs> Usually refrigerators, I can taste if I leave, I don't know, anything in the refrigerator. Or I go to a restaurant and you get a salad. Like she was saying, you taste that plastic bag or that air in that walk-in refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a challenge, but I think it makes a big difference. We almost have to do it, too, because the space is so small. So it's hard to prep really far ahead because we have nowhere to put it. So <laughs> that's just, yeah. It's <laughs> You're forced into making delicious food. It's yeah. more, more difficult, but the end product yeah. is worth it. I feel like, and, and I think we might have kind of stumbled upon the answer, but I feel like there's a stigma against health food. Um, Definitely. And, and some of it is honestly earned because like, I think, you know, most Americans, we, we have gotten to the stage where we understand, yes, we need to eat healthier. But for mm -hmm. most people, that means if they're going to a restaurant, they're, you know, just getting a salad or, or getting, mm -hmm. you know, a small sandwich or a soup or something like that. But then they're turned off to it mm -hmm. because it's exactly what you guys are talking about. It's something that's not prepared fresh. It's probably coming out of a, you know, out of a, uh, you know, tear apart bag or something like that. It's so it's like a, a self perpetuating fallacy that health health food. I don't want to eat health food because it's less delicious than a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. And then I have this salad that isn't prepared. Right. But so, a burger, a burger doesn't have to be unhealthy. You can eat a great healthy burger. Right. So define healthy first. You know, what do you mean with healthy? When you told me about the cheese empanada, oh, that is not, it's healthy, you know, and she has a phrase that about the indulging. Okay, yes, go. Well, just because I think that part of like living a high, healthy lifestyle is also indulging in foods right. and enjoying, it's kind of that process where if you really sit and you're mindful with what you're eating, it creates a completely different experience for yourself and you can kind of almost trick your brain. And like, there's this thing I learned in my health coaching pro or class that they kind of said, if you eat a cheeseburger and there's lettuce, tomato and avocado on it, and you kind of start thinking in your head, these things are good for me, that your body will almost react the way that it digests it and the way that your body processes it. Really? Uh-huh. Your body reacts to that. So it's kind of like this. It's like you said, it's that negative self-talk almost where you're like oh healthy food where we've had people come up and they were like oh we were so glad we found out you weren't vegan because if you were we wouldn't have eaten here and it's just kind of this this stigma where health food in people's head yeah it rings this thing where it like rings restriction and bland I don't know if people think that it's going to taste bland or if healthy food doesn't taste good so I kind of my goal is to break down that stigma because I think just as much as like paying attention to what ingredients you're putting in your body, you have to enjoy and indulge and not be so hard on yourself. And people will, I don't know, people will say a lot of things like, oh, you must not eat a lot of empanadas. I eat probably six a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just kind of that thing of finding a healthy balance. But I think sitting down and eating a piece of cake with butter and sugar and all these delicious, we use organic flours and we use high quality ingredients. But I think it's it's really important to indulge and not hold yourself, put yourself in such a tight box, mm -hmm. I guess. Health food doesn't have to be so restrictive. Well, I am having pizza tonight, and I'm very <laughs> excited to just focus on the mushrooms and stuff on the pizza and be like, yep, I'm in a healthy mindset there right you now. Go. <laughs> uh, I do want to shout out the hippie burger, though. You, you, Gave it some love earlier, but I want to do the same because I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not vegan. Mm -hmm. I've had, I like to keep an open mind and try stuff. And I've had some bad veggie burgers. Yeah. That's the best that I've had. And you guess on earlier, you talked about you could deep fry a shoe and it would be good. You can put that <laughs> spicy peanut butter sauce <laughs> on a shoe and I will eat the heck out of that shoe because like seriously jar that bottle. Well, I guess the, that kind of defeats the purpose. We're talking about making things fresh. So don't jar it or bottle it. But, but keeps, it gets better but the longer that, that peanut sauce sits. That, that's one thing that gets better. Like the sesame dressing. Oh, it's it's like after a few days, the flavors really develop and it's so good. But the hippie burger, the peanut sauce, that was also something where I almost didn't put the hippie burger on the menu because I didn't know the sauce to go on it. Oh, For so long, I was trying out so many different sauces and I couldn't. And one day I was... I was just like, peanut sauce. Everyone loves peanut sauce. It's so good. And yeah, that's how the hippie burger was born, I guess. It's still, 
But I think we figured it out. The bread we put it on, just every that element. Fresh the mint bread. on Shab- there. Shabbata bread. We put mm-hmm. the bread. Every burger goes, the bread goes fresh. In the oven. With in the, the oven. Mm-hmm. Also. <laughs> you guys make me hungry. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. Okay, (laughs) let's get into the background of this place a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I think to fully understand Soulful Cafe, Gaston, we got to start with you. You know, you, you... you talked about your dad. He wasn't a professional cook, but he was always on the search for that empanada. And I, I believe your grandfather was a, a professional cook. Has, has cooking just always been almost like a part of your DNA or, or what got you into cooking originally? Yeah, uh, it was probably my father. No, 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 my grandfather. It was her grandfather. Oh, okay. My father. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I when I was a kid, I don't know, I loved to cook, I would cook with my mother also. My mother was more like a European kind of cooking. And I just love it. My friends will go to play and I will stay home, I don't know, making things with my mother, uh, roasting a piece of meat. Also, we were five kids. My three sisters went to school in the morning, I went in the afternoon. So my parents worked. And in the morning, my dad, before going to work, will go to the butcher, to the uh, vegetable store, and buy stuff. And I wake up, I will go in, on my bike, pick up what he bought, bring it home, and my mom will uh, had given me directions before on what to make for my sisters when he came home. They came home uh, from school, and I was very little, very young. I was like nine years old, ten years old. And I will cook for them. So, I don't know, I just liked it. I, I, it was natural to me. My friends would look at me like, oh, you're cooking. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, know, heck yeah, I'm cooking. <laughs> I really, I really, it was natural. I, I would spend Sundays with my mom making crepes for tea, you know, and, and learning to flip them. <laughs> so it came like that. And my dad was, again, he was a total fanatic about cooking and learning different things. Uh, we had the Argentinian Julia Child. <laughs> that, is, that He loved that. Uh, Doña Petrona, it was called, an old lady, just like Julia Child in Argentina. And, and he was always, when he was home, he was always doing some food, something different. And I guess I got it from there. I remember every time he would come visit, he'd make gnocchi from scratch or just... Yeah, he mm. lived in the kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was all of them in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And McKenna, as as you're growing up, obviously, you know, we we talked about Gaston. You you opened restaurants in San Diego. You were a chef for a long time, both here and in uh, Argentina. So, McKenna, you're growing up in like this this food background, and usually, the like sons and daughters of chefs who grow up and they see like the inner workings of restaurant life, they go one of two ways. They either like dive into it and they love it or they run as fast <laughs> as they can in the opposite direction because they see how much hard work it is. They see the hours, they see the strain, they see this is not, you know, a massive money making business. Mm-hmm. So you obviously steered into the food side of things. What was it about cooking and everything that got you interested? Why, why do you think you chose that path versus the 
going away from it? Um, so I think it's funny because everything that he said of how he grew up is kind of what I experienced. But it's funny because t- we were talking about this, I think, yesterday where I said uh, his last restaurant, Gauchito, I was kind of old enough to see how much time you really spent there and re- kind of understand it. And it was, I was <laughs> all day, every day, kind of what we're doing now at Soulful. But he was there. I, open to close every single day. And if he wasn't there, the food wouldn't be the same. So I kind of, I remember thinking in that moment, yep, that's not for me. I don't know. I I will never do that. I can't, I can't even imagine it. And now here we are. But I think my whole life I was kind of trained for it. I, this is something I would say it like in job interviews where I almost feel like I was born in a restaurant where my earliest memories are sitting in the back of the kitchen with a big pot of clams, just eating them out of the shell and falling asleep on the booth and, or just like eating asado de tira and eating, just sucking on the bones of the meat. And my mom says that I used to love even like as raw meat as I could get. It was my favorite thing. Or I also remember waking up at like six o'clock in the morning, sneaking and going, and I would eat a whole stick of butter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) go back to sleep I don't know if that like equates but I just like always loved food and eating and so it's funny to find myself here but it's almost natural like kind of like what he's saying is just natural progression of it's what we know and it's what we know how to do I'd love one day to get more into the growing side that was kind of like what I went to school for was learning how to grow food and my background is sustainable food production but I also studied so much about flavor so it's kind of everything in my life has come up to this point I mm-hmm. guess so it's been really fun soulful is almost like our it's like a little test kitchen almost how I see it and I just love seeing how people react to the food and people that come back every single day it's just, it's so yeah, cool we have customers that come <laughs> every day that's awesome <laughs> yeah. incredible so soulful didn't start out as a test kitchen it started as a Facebook post that you made on March 9th of 2023 in the... No, actually, sorry. Oh, okay. But actually, Correct me, the empanada please. was born there because Soulful was like delaying and delaying and she was kind of frustrated. I was a consultant for Soulful first. So I was okay. hired originally as a consultant to create a concept and I wasn't going to maintain involvement after it, but I put so much into it where it was just like... The concept was so personal. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt only natural. It kind of couldn't go on without my further involvement. So now here we are. (laughs) So 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 what that happened that it was kind of being delayed and I came here. I I live in Brazil. So she called me. uh, I got an offer to do this and this project. That was a juice thing originally. And you want to come and help me? Uh, Cool. I came right away. And we had to open in April. We, oh, no, we have to open in April. They, they told me we have to do it. Okay, so I came right away. April, nothing. So nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. I'm like... We Maka, have to make empanadas. <laughs> wait, get, get in the computer and post about empanadas <laughs> and <laughs> see what, what, what response we have. And the response was... Huge. Yes. Huge. And we started making empanadas at home. And doing the delivery, like, that's how we met you. And we did that one weekend. Second weekend, very well. Monday, health department. (laughs) (laughs) Please come talk to us. So what happened there? Because I know that you guys are familiar with cottage baking laws, so... We didn't realize that you it had to be a shelf-stable product, I guess. We didn't look too far into it. And it kind of just started, you know, this is, this is cool. This is fun. It was exciting. And we toyed with the idea for a while. Okay, do we, do we merge the two, Soulful and the empanadas? Do we keep doing the empanadas somewhere else and continue with Soulful? And it just seemed natural to do all the production in one place. But, yeah, I guess we weren't super familiar we were a little misinformed with the cottage laws and when we went to speak with the health department they were so nice and they were so understanding but pretty much you can't do that anymore find a commercial kitchen to work out of so 
that's what we put it kind of on pause. But the reaction, the initial reaction for the empanadas was just mind blowing. So I want to fill in the gaps for people uh, just to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh So before, as Soulful was being developed, all of a sudden this thing popped up on the internet called Pancho's Empanadas. Ponchos. Ponchos, which Uh I believe is named after your dog, correct? Yes. (laughs) And it was this empanada (laughs) delivery service where you could order the same empanadas that you get at Soulful now, Mm -hmm. um, only they would get delivered to your home, obviously, uh, each week. And... It was, it just kind of came out of nowhere. You posted in the Omaha Food Lovers Facebook group, which is a huge group, mm-hmm. but just this completely random post had 360 likes, 157 comments, and it just kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I had to try it. And yeah, I mean, my wife and I, we, we, I think we reheated them in the air fryer. And yeah, I mean, they came out so well. And then all of a sudden you had the post about, you know, the, um, the health department and it was uh-huh. just like the air was just like let out of the balloon and we were just like no we, we love these where where can we get them again so you guys kind of started talking about this but how did the idea come about where it's like okay we have a ton of momentum with these empanadas people obviously like them there's a demand for them we have a I don't know if I want to call it restaurant space but a space in the inner rail mm-hmm. where there's a concept going in it's not empanadas but is there a way to merge these two things? How did that conversation start to happen for you? Just in the chaos of trying to open a new place and then conceptualizing doing two. At the, well, also, we won't go there, but um, <laughs> um, so th- that was just kind of the thing. Do we keep it separate or do we find a way to merge it? And I received a little bit of feedback where people were like, I don't think that it's going to that the two will blend together well. And in my head, I was just. There was that. It wasn't even a question. It see, it seemed perfect. It was just because now we have like the empanada and the salad combo. And we have so many more things that we want to do and we want to introduce. So hopefully, with time, as we grow accustomed to the space and kind of get our staff more trained, we'll be able to create more. But it just kind of was this natural flow and we couldn't abandon the empanada ship. Like we already set sail and people loved them so much so we couldn't not have Yeah, and them. we had we had like kind of before we opened Soulful with the empanada thing, people that have already businesses, food businesses, and they called us like, come make empanadas, I want empanadas. Oh, <laughs> really? I want exclusivity. <laughs> and But we were already like compromised with this other side. So we said, no, let's, you know, do what we compromise to do, and we'll see in the future. Mm-hmm. So here we are rowing <laughs> the soulful boat. <laughs> well, I think what what you said, McKenna, you're you're absolutely right. Like, yes, on the surface, it seems kind of odd to be like, oh, here's this, you know, this health conscious bay, and it's got empanadas. Mm-hmm. But th- it really is a great combo. Because, hey, the empanadas are kind of small. So you can have a couple empanadas. You can have an empanada and a hippie burger. You can have an empanada and some toast. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a very mix and matchable menu, Mm -hmm. which I think is really fun. And because the empanadas aren't fried, they're baked, they are, you know, pretty healthy. And they're, Mm -hmm. like, again, it's going back to those, the ingredients that you're using makes everything delicious. So, yeah, it kind of seems like you're trying to mash two balls of clay together in or two balls of play-doh like two different colors yeah but it really is just one and i think it's a beautiful concept once you taste the food and understand it mm-hmm. it really is just one thing and mm-hmm. it just works mm-hmm. i think that next time you go i'm gonna make you eat <laughs> no the, the combo empanada and salad it's a perfect meal mm-hmm. it's a perfect meal I love when people order a whole salad and they get two empanadas or like you said, they'll get an avocado toast and a cheese empanada. And what's, I I just, I couldn't think of a more well-rounded meal, I guess. And it is the ingredients that we put into the empanada because people have this preconceived notion. We're like, oh, well, the empanadas aren't so healthy. And we use organic flour that has a mix of red wheat in there. We use local eggs. We use... 
um, high quality meats and just everything that goes in there is just it's all good, good ingredients. Yeah, Great organic good. butter, yeah. Yeah. and we use extra virgin olive oil if we if we use any sort of oil. So it's kind of it has this preconceived notion that it could be unhealthy, but maybe because it tastes so good, I don't know. So. So, so we talked a lot about the empanada side mm-hmm. of the menu. I want to get back to the the other side of the menu in that this was it was supposed to be a, a juice bar, and you realize you go into the space and you're just like, that's not going to work here. Yeah. So, how does your brain start working to develop what the menu is going to look like? And you know, we even mentioned a couple things didn't make it until the very end. <laughs> how did you decide what once you decided the concept is not juice bar? Uh-huh. How did it evolve into what it is now? Well, it was kind of headed in that direction with some of the salads that we have. Really, a lot of it was done last minute where we were just like trying things at home, eating the way that we do the chopped salad, which is um, collard greens, kale, carrot, cabbage, um, organic rice noodles. And so with this sesame vinaigrette, something that I had made and we were adding tinned fish to it, chicken, just like and that's what we do at Soulful now. So... But then also the idea was seasonality. So we are also faced with this unique, um, I guess, obstacle where in Omaha compared to like being growing up in San Diego and or living in Washington state where there's an abundance of produce all the time. It, we're faced with this unique challenge that it's a little bit harder to come by, especially in the winter. I'm kind of nervous for when winter comes, but I know that there are some farms that have great greenhouses and how we'll be able to source, we'll have to change the menu a little bit, but I guess the focus is seasonality. So some of the things that are on the menu now, I'm actually in the process of changing them. And I felt like I had a little bit, I was calling it writer's block because I didn't know. It was just like kind of my creative energy. I just am in soulful all day, every day. And it's really hard to find the time to experiment hard to even think about bringing on another item. Where am I going to put it? So I'm in the process of changing a few things out. And I think I want to keep kind of the same spirit of the dish, but change the ingredients to be more seasonal. So right now we're kind of fizzling out of asparagus season here. At least I haven't been able to find local. So I'm changing up the spring salad. because. So I guess those things where it's just always trying out new things and seeing what's in season and seeing what we can make with it. Corn is coming. Corn is coming. The corn empanada, if you like the cheese empanada, the corn empanada is, I I think you'll like that one a lot. So we had that when you guys did the delivery and it was was excellent. It was excellent then, but I can only imagine how much better it would be fresh coming out of those ovens. Okay. That's why I didn't want to put it on the menu until we could get, Fresh sweet corn. Oh, you tell me the day that that goes on the menu and you're going to have a really tall, gangly guy waiting in line. I will be there. But yeah, that's the spirit of it is seasonality. And so we'll just keep rolling with that and see what else we can introduce and what else we're able to do with our one little induction burner and our super powerful <laughs> oven. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you guys make that? I mean, I don't think people understand just the difficulties of not, and I didn't even realize that you guys couldn't have an open flame, like to have a kitchen where you can't do that. The only other one that I know of, I, I'm sure there are others in Omaha, but Yoshitomo has that same, mm. uh, that they don't have any, um, burners or anything like that in their restaurant, but obviously they're making sushi and fish. Yeah, that's a lot different. You guys are making <laughs> empanadas to not have a flame. How how challenging is that? Very, <laughs> very. And we have one, only one burner. Like it's an, an induction burner. burner yeah. yeah. So she has to cook asparagus. She has to wait until I finish with the eggs and then with the quinoa. And then, <laughs> It's, it's very, very, very tough, very difficult. And when I make the big batches of, of an empanada feeling like chicken, it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it takes extra time. That's yeah. the thing. It's the extra time. And so that's why if you come to the inner rail, you'll see us. Even we're closed. We close early on Sundays and we close all day Monday because it's just when we were looking at it, it was like, this is a concept based in sustainability and health. And it was almost 
not a detriment, but we were there all day, every day, putting in 70 hours a week in the kitchen. And to understand why we run out of yeah, why we run out of food. We sell out really. We we get to a point where we sell out because we can't produce the amount to really sustain super high volume. So it's a smaller stall. We do what we can. And so that's the thing is we're doing what we can. <laughs> well, you guys do a great job. And I think, you know, that that speaks even more to, you know, the fact that you guys are committed to cooking things to order. Like it would be a lot easier to say, oh, I've got you know, some downtime here. I'm going to roast a bunch of asparagus now and set it aside. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. But that would taste a little bit wilted. It would not mm -hmm. be as good. It would not be as fresh. And so you don't take that shortcut. And mm -hmm. I love that. Lots mm -hmm. of people tell me, why don't you freeze? Freeze empanadas, Megan, freeze them, freeze them. Oh, I know. And it can be good. They will be good anyway, but it's different. It won't be mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask you guys about working with one another. McKenna, what is it <laughs> to work alongside your dad? It's really, it's, it's been such a special experience. It's been really great. Um, I've, I mean, I worked in his restaurants before, so I was used to it. And there was kind of also some people are like, are you sure you want to like have your family so close, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't know what I would have done if he didn't come to help with this project. And it's been really special. There are times of tension. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, it's a, it's a dream come true. It really, it's to something be that we, with her. You mm -hmm. know? We've always, we've talked about it always. So. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. it, it's so it it is really special. And we had a project before this <laughs> uh. <laughs> in Brazil. So that's how we ended up in Omaha, also, because I have my, I live in Brazil. I live in. in Island, tropical island, beautiful. Man, what are you doing in <laughs> Omaha? Get out of here. You live on a tropical island. You'll understand soon. <laughs> so finally, since he was little, since I, I split from uh, with his mom, or her mom, I'm, we're always uh, fantasizing, oh, when you're 18, you'll be able to come and do whatever you want. And, uh, okay, so she started uh, college. Well, when you finish college, you will come and we'll do something, and she's uh, studying food production, and she's working in farms, and I have a property that I have, I used to have my vegetable garden and my chicken coop, and I receive uh, tourists, you know, uh, guests, mm -hmm. uh, how you call, well, people do, it's a very tourist place, yeah, touristic place. So um, the idea was, to build cabins and have uh, the garden and like an eco village, yeah, mm. and make food and healthy and good and a lot of seafood, fresh seafood. That's know. the thing. He had guests that would come and stay. You did you did it through Airbnb? And there were a few times where I was there where we would stay with guests and he would cook for them in the morning, like kind of build in like a food package almost also. Mm -hmm. And even there, people just couldn't believe because the food's incredible there, but it's different when he's cooking it for you. And so, and we would cook for guests and bring them fresh juices and... Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, people, no. people were really, really uh, be impressed. Okay. So, finally, she finished college, finishes college. Okay. Dad, I'm going. So she moves with her boyfriend and start arranging the house, painting the house. She started the new vegetable garden. Everything is going great. I got new chickens and we have a new chicken coop. Everything is going as dreamed. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to go to California to work for a while and generate more money to invest and keep building. I left on a Thursday, got to Omaha. Uh, on Saturday night, no, Sunday morning, I wake up and I find out that <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so we, yeah, like you said, these two weeks we spend, we're prepping, we're getting ready, we're getting the house ready, we're just starting our life. This is my thing. I'm going to go to school, I'm going to start my life and start my eco-village in Brazil. He leaves two days later, long story short, wake up in the middle of the night and there is a man with a machete in the house and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man with a machete in the house and we run, we jump off a second story built, like second story floor. 
because he built his house on stilts. And so that was the only way to get out, run off into the middle of the night. And when we came back to the house, it was on fire. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. And so that was kind of, I mean, it was a shock. This was a thing where it was like, this was our life. This is what we were doing. This is what we all, that was really what we always dreamt of doing. That was the dream. And, you know, universe had different plans and had to keep moving. So that's it. When we first came back to Omaha, people were, oh, what are you doing in Omaha? What brought you back to Omaha? <laughs> well, a man with a machete in the middle of the night is, was the real reason. So that kind of ended that chapter. And that's also where, like, the inspiration and kind of this tenacity and the drive to do something here all came from that other experiences also but that experience was a huge catalyst for just needing to it's like okay I guess we, what do we what what now <laughs> but yeah that's it's so um, encouraging to see how you guys have responded to that because I think a lot of people if something like that happened if they had this dream and it was being realized and all of a sudden through no fault of their own it was just snatched away from them I think a lot of people would just give up they would just crawl into a hole and say, I'm not doing food. I'm not doing restaurants. Maybe I'm not even doing anything anymore <laughs> and just shut down. And you guys can tell the story and laugh about it, at least here <laughs> publicly. Uh, but but it gave you the drive to say, OK, maybe we're not going to do that exactly, but we can still do something mm -hmm. together and create this. And it's made something beautiful in Soulful mm -hmm. Cafe. Um Really, like people, you got to get out to the inner rail and, and try this. Whether whether you want to get a salad or the hippie burger or mm -hmm. a piece of toast or empanadas or mix and match One of each. some of all of it, yeah, you can get three or four different things mm -hmm. and have a great experience. Like this is proof that healthy food doesn't have to be bland or boring, like you were saying earlier. It can be so delicious, mm -hmm. and if you don't believe that. Go see these guys, <laughs> and they will change your mind. McKenna and Gaston, thank you so much. You talked about how busy you are and how much you have going on, that Mondays are like one of your few days off. And you took that time to come on this podcast today, and I'm so, so grateful for that. Thank you very much. It's an thank honor. You. Thank you. Thank you. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.